Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk to share with you today. When I was young, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was mostly a character in the annual Christmas pageant at our church. One of the teenage girls usually played the part. Aside from that annual drama, I didn't learn much about Mary growing up. That's too bad, for she's a huge character, if I can use that word, in the drama of redemption. As you read the first two chapters of the Gospel of Luke, you find that in the script God wrote, Mary figures much more prominently than she did at my church growing up. She actually said things. The first thing I notice about Mary is that she started out as a nobody. She lived in Nazareth. Now, for us today, at least for us Christians, Nazareth is a pretty important place. The Annunciation happened there. Jesus grew up there. During his ministry on earth, he was known as the man from Nazareth, even though that wasn't much of a resume enhancer back then. In this modern era of skepticism, many scholars questioned whether the village of Nazareth was ever a real place. You see, for some so-called modern scholars, if they can't verify the existence of something in the Bible using their preferred non-biblical sources, then that something just couldn't have existed. It is true that Nazareth was hard to find using methods not involving just reading the Bible. That's because Nazareth was a tiny town. Like I said before, being from there was not a resume enhancement, but of course, they finally dug up some evidence of the existence of Nazareth, so we can all breathe a sigh of relief. Ha ha. My dad used to say that he was not impressed when these guys claimed they had finally confirmed something that was in the Bible all along. He said, we don't need that. We just need to believe God's word. I'm so glad he raised me to share his faith. So Mary grew up in a backwater of Israel. A friend of mine once preached a sermon about her that he called a nobody from nowheresville. It's an apt description. But you know, when you read the Bible a lot, you come to realize that God loves to use nobodies. I won't go down the list because I don't have time, but you know what I mean. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, for Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God uses nobody, so we won't be tempted to give the credit to anybody but him. But now I'm going to give some credit to Mary, all the while giving glory to God for what he did through her. I'm sure I don't have to tell you that virgin birth is a pretty rare thing. As far as I know, it's only happened once in human history. So an angel shows up at Mary's house, or wherever she was, the Bible really doesn't tell us, and announces to her that she's been picked to have a very special baby. Her natural response is, I'm not married. How can I have a baby? The angel says, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Wow. Imagine being the mother of the Son of God. Seems like that would be pretty exciting, but you may remember that in the beginning of this story in Luke, we're told that Mary was betrothed to a man named Joseph. What will Joseph say when she turns up pregnant? He knew it wasn't his baby. The Bible tells us that he was a righteous man, so any physical involvement between the two would not have happened until the wedding. He naturally assumed that she had been immoral. We're not going to go into a lot of detail about Joseph. If you're interested, you can go to the Facebook page of the Bread of Life Anglican Church and watch a video of my sermon from last Sunday, December 18th. It's all about Joseph. Back to Mary. There's no doubt that these considerations went through her mind, although as we all know, all of us who have seen the annual Christmas pageant at church, Joseph stays with her. But there was no promise when this first announcement happened that he would. For all she knew, Joseph would ditch her when he found out. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what he decided to do when he heard the news. But an angel spoke to him too. Again, however, in the beginning, Mary had no assurances. For all she knew, this giving birth to the Son of God thing would mean that she would never marry. In her culture, men just didn't marry women who were not virgins. Now, of course, Luke doesn't expand on all these things that must have passed through Mary's mind, but there's no doubt she thought about them. Now, here's Mary's big line in the drama. After the angel made the announcement and also mentioned that Mary's relative Elizabeth, who was a lot older than her, was also pregnant, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. I don't know how this lands in your consciousness, but to me, this is the one, of, one of the most beautiful things in the Bible. Mary said, Lord, I'm your servant, and whatever you decide for me, I'm on board with it. There were no questions, no objections, just total submission to the perfect and beautiful will of God. But her submission certainly cost her something. There's no doubt that most people didn't buy this virgin birth story. The angel didn't go around the neighborhood telling everybody about this, just Mary. She herself had to tell everybody else. What's my point? My point is that for Mary, following the will of God cost her something. She paid a price for saying yes to God. We could talk about many others in Scripture who also paid a high price for their obedience. Again, there isn't time, but just let me briefly refer to something Mary's son said later on. It's also in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost? whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Mary counted the cost. It was high, but she took up her cross and followed Jesus. 
what about you? Have you paid a price for following Christ? Because if you genuinely follow him, there will indeed be a cost. It will be different for everybody, but it will touch you in ways that are usually unexpected. Jesus explained it like this in another context. Listen, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? You and I are called by God to make an exchange. You give up making everything about the here and now. You give up the normal things of life that almost everybody takes for granted. Almost everybody thinks it's perfectly normal to seek after, to desire. And instead, you set your eyes upon that which is eternal, what Jesus referred to as really finding your life. Ponder these things as Mary pondered all that happened to her in her heart. May the Holy Spirit of God make these truths real to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the example of this young woman, Mary, this nobody from a backwater town in Israel who said yes to God, who said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. God, I pray that you'll help help us to all have that spirit of submission, that we will fall right in with the plans of God for ourselves, whatever the cost might be. Help my listeners, Lord God, today, this season of the year, to submit themselves fully to God, even as Jesus submitted himself to the Father's will by coming to this earth in human form through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Help us to have that same spirit of obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My dear friend, I pray that you will have a blessed Christmas season, and I pray that your focus will be on this wonderful gift that God has given us, not on all the trappings of Christmas celebrations, but upon Jesus, uh, whom God gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. As always, you can reach me by email at Father dot dan jones at outlook dot com may god richly bless you